1: 18. With Lee Sperry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news, hear it on Live Mike with Lee Sperry on KSL News Radio. Here we go, Tuesday episode of Live Mike. I am your host, Lee Lonsberry. It's episode number two hundred and eighty-nine. Not too bad. We're moving right through a lot, a lot of ground to cover on today's uh, episode of the program. We're going to talk about guns. We're going to talk about earmarks. We're going to talk about the wealth tax. We're going to talk about reading. And we're going to kick things off talking about the stimulus package, which is right now winding its way through Congress. Uh, Next stop is a vote on the floor of the United States Senate. So let's talk about this stimulus
0: package once again. Like a bad penny, it won't seem to go away.
1: As promised, another round of stimulus checks is on its way. $1,400 $1,400 checks to people who need it. It did pass the House after 2 in the morning. $9 trillion in new spending. It is the single most expensive spending bill ever. Democrats want the bill signed into law before March 14th when unemployment benefits expire. All right, hold on a second. I, I, I got to stop this. Did you hear that first line? I don't, I've never understood that line about bad pennies. It, like a bad penny, it won't go away. Is, did I miss something is that a movie line is that some a uh, classic movie is that in Casablanca or something I've never seen that no gone with the wind I haven't seen that either no anyway uh, the stimulus package first off as you as you hear quotes like that and what that what you just listened to was a kind of a mashup of uh, you know various news reporters and lawmakers discussing what is before the United States Senate right now it's already passed the house and it, it kind of gives the impression that this is uh, something that absolutely must one hundred percent be passed. All right, regardless of the of the price tag, which is, I'll remind you, currently standing at one point nine trillion dollars. One point nine trillion dollars. Here is something funny: it honestly took the coronavirus uh, and the <laughs> the earlier versions of relief packages to to convince me that the number trillion was actually real, right? I can remember uh, when I was young, first wrapping my mind around the concept of a million and then a billion. That that can't be real. And then I was in my uh, mid thirties when the coronavirus uh, allowed me to come to finally accept trillion as a real figure. Well, it turns out we are on the cusp of spending 1.9 additional trillion dollars, 1.9 trillion additional dollars, And as you hear these debates, maybe as you talk about them at home or debate them with your friends or families uh, or co-workers, don't forget, don't forget that there is still a question as to whether or not this should be in the works at all. All right. It is not necessarily something that absolutely must pass. States like Utah have demonstrated uh, the ability to to overcome the challenges faced by the coronavirus states like Alabama and Idaho and Kentucky and Maine and New Hampshire and Missouri Ohio Virginia West Virginia Wyoming Wisconsin all of those states have demonstrated an ability to in large part, weather the storm. Now, sure, there are incredible challenges faced by uh, residents of all of those states listed, plus many more elsewhere. But sometimes, when challenging times face us, we do and we ought to have our mind in the place where we're going to bear a certain measure of the burden to overcome it. You and I collectively as taxpayers have shouldered the burden to a a large extent thus far. It's not necessarily a given that we need to continue the spending. And if I'm honest, it may not necessarily even be a given that the $1,400 direct payment checks could be uh, shelled out. All right. With that said, uh, let me share something with you. You heard me mention a number of states a, a moment ago. There is a a proposal, or rather, a letter and a statement. That has been signed by some 22 governors around uh, this country, including Utah Governor Spencer Cox. Twenty-two governors opposing the biased fund allocation in the stimulus package. The collective statement reads, in part, A state's ability to keep businesses open and people employed should not be a penalizing factor when distributing funds. You see, contained within this one—let me say this number again, and it's real, I promise. I, I googled trillion. Turns out it's a real number— trillion, packed in within that is a program that would dole money out to the states. Now, the interesting thing is that money, the formula baked into this $1.9 trillion program, uh, or proposal rather, is set to be distributed not based on population, Not based on population of the nation uh, as a whole, but rather based on the uh, unemployed population. So work that backwards a little bit. Think about this. Here in Utah, comparatively, you have to understand that we've all all been challenged. Everything has been difficult. We have faced uh, the the pandemic uh, all together, and we have all felt the impact of it. And so, sure, uh, many jobs were lost here in Utah. Many businesses were closed and some will not reopen their doors. But in the relative sense, if you compare Utah to the way some other states have handled this with absolute, nearly militant shutdowns. Think of New York State or California. They were shut down pretty good. Yeah, And and, in some areas are only now starting to uh, reopen and return to activity levels that you and I were enjoying months and months and months ago. And so, due to those strict protocols put in place by the respective state and municipal governments, there are more individuals unemployed. Here in the state of Utah, measures were taken and more important to this conversation, uh, some some restrictions were foregone. They weren't opted into, right? We were quickly back to uh, eating and dining. Yeah, sure, there are some, uh, some restrictions there, and uh, restaurants are certainly continuing to feel the hurt. But it's far worse elsewhere. And so what's happening is, in this plan, The plan that right now is being debated in the United States Senate and likely tomorrow will come for a vote uh, and possibly pretty drastic amendments. We'll get into that a little bit later. But this plan right now will ultimately end up rewarding the states that most heavily restricted their populations, with those restrictions equating to much larger numbers of unemployed citizens. When you get down on uh, on you know the, the big shots in charge here in Utah, do a little bit of Googling and see what our friends and neighbors in other other states, like California and New York, see how they fared. Anyway, uh, I didn't mean to spend so much time on that, but uh, <laughs> there you have it. You get worked up sometimes about this stuff. We kept the lights on here in Utah, and we're getting punished for it now is the is the response to you know somehow direct more money here to the state of utah or to maybe make it based on population or to bring down the levels that are being called for distributed to states like new york and california i don't know That's up to you and that's up to the lawmakers. But I do sense that uh, at least as the proposal goes now and as has been voiced by 22 governors around this great country, including your own governor, Spencer Cox, there is a certain measure of unfairness when it comes to the formula in place right now in this stimulus package. Uh, As I mentioned, the timeline right now is this will likely be debated and amended tomorrow in the United States Senate. Any change, any change, any amendment will require a subsequent vote in the House. Steny Hoyer uh, earlier today said that uh, he's confident that that those supporters of the measure in the House initially will also be supporters even in an amended version to come back from the Senate, which is, is almost an inevitability because of the ruling by that Senate parliamentarian about the $15 minimum wage. That's likely coming out and there won't be Another effort to cram it in there. Uh, But we'll have to see. And that's going to play out for the duration of this week. Uh, One last note I would make is that earlier today, uh, President Biden, via video conference, spent about 15 minutes with Senate Democrats pleading with them to uh, accept certain provisions in this covid relief bill that they may not otherwise uh, care for too much. What are those provisions? Uncertain. We'll have to wait uh, for word to leak out of that conversation once it starts trickling out. And I'm sure it will because that's the way of Washington. Uh, but there was a, a plea on the part of uh, President Biden for Senate Democrats to uh, to to make certain concessions and to accept some some elements of this package they wouldn't otherwise accept. Uh, I to see what that means, what it translates into and if uh, the concessions uh, are uh, substantive in any way. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. I've been beaten on this uh, $1.9 trillion number. You add that to uh, the debt held by our country right now, and (laughs) the the numbers skyrocket. You know, big numbers typically good, not in this sense, not when you owe this much, not when it is such a dramatically high percentage of our GDP. Uh, to help break this all down, to see what it really means, uh, and, and to share some notes with a conversation with an economist Dave Noriega of KSL News Radio, joins me next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I see that clock? I'm getting old. Twelve fifty-two is the time currently in the KSL newsroom. Of course, I can see it. It's giant, big green letters. If you log on to the Uh, KSL News Radio app right now. There's a a video feed coming from uh, the studio. I'll wave at you. I'm wearing that same new sweater from last weekend I got for my birthday. How about that? Uh, I've washed it. No, I haven't. Uh, Welcome back. We're talking about the stimulus package. This $1.9 trillion relief bill or stimulus, whatever, however you want to phrase it, uh, it's got a big price tag at present, and it is before the United States Senate. The estimate is that in the next 24 hours or so, uh, the the Senate will take it up, they'll debate, there may be uh, additional amendments uh, debated and voted upon, and then, uh, the highest of likelihoods, it then uh, makes its way back to the House if it passes the Senate, and, and that's a big if. We'll have to see uh, what happens. But let's look at it this way: there are those uh, in power who would like to see this passed in its uh, in its current state, with its current price tag of 1.9 trillion dollars. So we'll use that as the number uh, to to talk about this thing. A few, uh, a quick little. Uh, notes here: the 1.9 trillion dollars is much more than the 1,400 that you may be receiving as a uh, direct payment. There are oh shoot, I don't even know where to start. I- I'm looking here. I've got a long list. Uh, it's broken down uh, by category, and the the list just keeps going on and on and on. So much of this uh, seems to have, you know, this is just Lee Landsberry opining here, but uh, it seems to have very little to do with Very little to do with COVID relief, right? Anyway, uh, I'll spare you uh, those details. We can jump into them later on, certainly. Right now, though, uh, very much looking forward to a conversation with my friend Dave Noriega uh, of Dave and Djanovic. He, this morning, uh, on these airwaves, had a conversation with Mark Showalter, who is the BYU economic chair. uh, And they talked about, and I'll play some some audio from that conversation right now, uh, the economic chair from BYU, he talked about the point where this could... Uh, reach a breaking point. W- what is this? Well, <laughs> that one point nine trillion dollars is about to be heaped on top of twenty eight trillion dollars in national debt. There is a point at which we can't sustain it. Um, you can't. We've got promises as far as Social Security and Medicare um, that are far in excess of the tax revenues that we have to pay for these things. And at some point, then we're not going to be able to borrow. The problem is you can't tell when that is. You don't know when, and it's going to be triggered by some event like a pandemic or a war or another financial crisis. And so you're caught in a moment where you need to borrow money but the markets are saying you know this time we're not gonna let you do it but you can't predict when that's gonna happen Dave I've been working hard lately to get myself in a good mood I feel like I'm surrounded in bleakness and pessimism uh, I've been trying to to shake that off this is not helping any bright spots in your conversation this morning with the uh, with the economic chair
0: yeah the fact that nothing's gonna come crashing down anytime soon oh yeah Yeah, and I think that's the the little hope that that we are looking for. Now, I wanted to talk about this on the show because I I remembered a conversation I had. uh, It it was actually uh, Representative Chris Cannon. This is back in 1997. Oh, wow. And I was in college, and he gave this presentation about the importance of, of getting the national debt paid down. Now, back in 1997, are you ready for this? It was five trillion dollars. Get out of here! That was like twenty something years ago, twenty five years ago, and now it's twenty eight. And what he warned back then was, if we don't pay it down right now, we're going to have outrageous uh, mortgage prices. We're not going to be able to afford homes. Well, what's a what's a mortgage uh, percentage rate right now? Two, three sure. percent. It's never been better. So. The the fact is we're spending like mad hatters. We can't spend it fast enough. In fact, just the COVID relief bills are as much as the entire federal deficit back in 1997. I mean, we had the 2.2 trillion CARES Act, the 900 billion dollar bump, and now we're going to have another 1.9 stimulus bill right now. That's it. That's crazy. in one year
1: did did uh, did, Schalter, did he again the BYU economic chair from a conversation earlier today uh, you said the bright spot is that it doesn't come crashing down immediately uh, any sense of a timeline I, really what I want to get through is I don't want to deal with it myself and I don't want baby Piper to deal with it uh, her kids maybe, yeah. maybe they can maybe they can pick up the slack for our uh, misdeeds
0: what uh, what is the time if we if we continue on this trajectory no timeline no one knows no one can figure it out everyone thinks it's going to come down at some point but we we have had and he explained it this way we've had two once in a lifetime catastrophes we had the housing crisis in 2008 and we've had a global pandemic and it hasn't crashed either of those uh, after either of those instances oh, shoot. so nobody quite knows there's just this impending doom but what happens the stock market's never been better, interest rates have never been lower, so things are going really really well when they really shouldn't be.
1: Oh, well, let's keep rolling the dice then. What's the problem? <laughs> let's just keep spending, baby. Let's say let's say let's say that these economic uh, smart folks are are right and that there is a negative side to to all of this. How do we fix it?
0: Well, the the scary part is Uh, and I think we were having this conversation with Boyd Mathis, and he said the efforts truly have to be draconian, the changes, because it's so expensive right now. And when you're talking about draconian efforts, half of the federal budget, well, 45% of the federal budget, every single year is taken up right off the top Social Security and Medicare. So if you're talking about draconian efforts, you're talking about massive changes to those two big things.
1: Careful, man. You're not making friends right now.
0: No, which is why no one has ever touched it, right? No politician will touch those two things, which are the most expensive things that we have, these recurring costs. And we can't address serious, uh, substantive debt management without addressing those two things. But those are, you know, sacred cows. You can't touch them. Yeah.
1: Uh, Well, we'll see if someone has the guts to do it or, I don't know, if their brain leaks out their ear and they give it a shot. Who knows? Uh, We'll have to find out. And until then, we just continue rolling this dice, huh? I I hope not, but we love spending. Yeah, Uh, Dave Noriega, thank you so much for your insight Thanks for uh, joining me on the program today Uh, We're going to take a a break here in just a moment And as we step into the 1 o'clock hour uh, We're going to continue our look at the Second Amendment and firearms Up on Utah's Capitol Hill
0: A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon But violence is only the beginning of this story Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are